Welcome back to Gold Diggers. This is the second season of a podcast now written and produced by 24 female psychology majors at the University of Georgia. Guided by our amazing and slightly hyperactive professor, Dr. Michelle Van Dellen. In the last season, students dug deep into the psychology of goals and self-control. This season, we'll be translating research and handing out scientifically-based tools to help you achieve all kinds of different goals. So grab a shovel and come with us as we unearth nuggets of knowledge to guide you down the road of achieving your goals. Welcome to Gold Diggers Round 2. Goals! Can you dig it? If it's safe to do so, stop what you're doing. Take a deep breath. Now take another. Observe your surroundings. What do you hear? What do you see? Check in with your emotions. What do you feel? Are you thinking about the present, the past, or what the future holds? Now let it all go. You've just practiced mindfulness right where you are for 20 seconds. Today's episode will focus on mindfulness and how it can help you achieve your goals. But what is mindfulness? Psychologists emphasize the importance mindfulness places on focusing on yourself in the present moment. It is composed of two parts, emotional awareness and non-judgmental acceptance of your thoughts and feelings. Most people think about mindfulness and the idea of a yogi on a Tibetan mountaintop. How can you attain mindfulness in the middle of your chaos? Mindfulness should help you face instead of escaping or hiding from those things that are causing you stress. This really hinges on managing emotions. Be mindful means to feel sadness, sorrow, happiness, embarrassment, whatever it may be, and become more aware and in tune with those feelings. Instead of ignoring or repressing sadness or feeling overwhelmed when being confronted by it, a person practicing mindfulness would acknowledge that there is sadness present, recognize it, and let it go. This is effective emotional regulation in its simplest form. Being able to regulate your emotions allows you to have greater control over your actions and your life in general. Imagine having the ability to say stop to the never-ending hamster wheel of self-doubt and criticism looping in your thoughts. You cease to let your fears, feelings of inadequacy, and tendency to procrastinate control you or recognizing that your fear of not understanding the material you need to present at a conference is what's causing you to put off writing your speech. This season you heard Eve talk about her fears of not getting into nursing school kept her from writing her essay to get in. Imagine if Eve had applied mindfulness to those feelings, recognizing them but not letting them define her. Our hope is to help you understand how mindfulness can play a role in the achievement of your goals. We are going to talk about three ways mindfulness does this. It allows you to see a clearer path to the goal, to use a better mindset and route to the goal, and to strengthen your resilience when facing setbacks. To get a perspective that is both unique in some regards and relatable in others, iAngel will be interviewing our classmate Mary Elizabeth, or as she is more affectionately known, Mimi. Dream of my co-host will share how science supports the progress Mimi has made. It was an exhilarating time for Mimi, coming from a private school in Macon, Georgia, the large campus and thousands of students at UGA was something shiny and new. After a mostly successful first semester, Mimi returned home for Christmas break. That's when she experienced a life-changing event, 
Here's Mimi to tell her story. On December 22nd in 2015, my best friend and I made the mistake that changed everything for so many people. We decided to drink together when we got back from our first semester of college during Christmas break. We felt a spark of freedom. We lied about where we were and when we would be home, and we sought out for a night of adventure that neither of us had initially planned for. Things took a turn for the worse when we decided to continue drinking in my car on the hill off the side of a church parking lot. It was raining heavily, but we were enjoying telling stories, talking about boys, and listening to our favorite songs. When we realized we should probably go home, it was too late. When I tried to drive back onto the paved area of the parking lot, my car fishtailed in the mud, so the back of my car ending up facing down the hill. My best friend and I realized we were stuck and began calling as many people as we could think of, other than our parents. Even though our parents had told us to always call them for help no matter what, we were trying to avoid getting in trouble or worrying them. After all, we had it all under control, right? We decided to take turns pushing the car. We took turns behind the wheel while the other would move to the back of the car and push. I was behind the wheel when she pushed, and she was behind the wheel when I pushed. The wheels kicked up enough mud to create a ridge that wheels were left to rest on. She and I decided to put the car in neutral and push. We thought, well, if you ever see two guys run out of gas on the highway, you always see them pushing their cars in neutral up the street towards the gas station. Why shouldn't we be able to do it? We were wrong on so many levels. I placed the car in neutral and joined my best friend in the back of my car. The car was heavy, but we pushed it hard enough together until we moved it off the ridge the mud had created. The car started rolling down the hill. I was able to move out of the way when it picked up speed, but she wasn't. She slipped and was hit by the car. I saw the entire thing happen and heard her last words, which was my name. I searched for her under the bottom of the car at the bottom of the hill after calling 911, but there was absolutely nothing I could do. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's very difficult to imagine being in your shoes in that moment. Do you mind answering a few questions about how you've dealt with the aftermath? Of course. Let's start at the beginning. Tell us what your life was like, your goals and aspirations, and your general outlook on life before that happened. I was definitely more happy-go-lucky before the accident. Maybe a little too much, but I was always driven. I had plans and goals I knew I would achieve. I was confident. I switched between wanting to go into the medical field and psychology field. After the first semester of college, I was a little beaten up after failing pre-cal and dropping chemistry. So naturally, I was not as confident as I used to be in high school, but I was determined to find better study skills to start making A's again. I had a hopeful outlook for the future and definitely saw myself succeeding in one way or another. Mimi was a normal college student. She lived in a dorm, went to the dining halls, navigated campus. She looked forward to meeting new people, making good grades, and having fun. Mimi had dreams and goals similar to that of most freshmen, but in the span of a few hours, those drastically changed. New priorities took precedent, and goals shifted from the extensive, yet normal college dreams to simply getting through each day. Generally, in these types of circumstances, the person experiences post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. Is that part of your story? Yes. I was diagnosed with PTSD by the testing center at UGA, then my psychiatrist and therapist. It's still hard for me to accept considering I learned about PTSD in terms of soldiers experiencing it after fighting for our country. For some reason, I feel like being diagnosed with it somehow cheapens their experiences, especially considering I put myself in this awful situation. It just doesn't seem fair to them. Sometimes cases of PTSD are centered around survivor's guilt. 
I constantly wish it was me instead of her, even though it almost was. A hard part of PTSD is that you never know what's going to set you off. Sometimes triggers aren't conscious. When something sets me off, I go numb, I want to cry, and my brain feels like mush. It's really weird because I've always been able to put labels on my emotions. But during times like this, I have zero emotion regulation. I become sad, scared, upset, confused, and angry all at once. I never understand what's happening until later. In order to move on, she needed to manage all of these emotions that were overloading her. When Mimi says that she has zero emotion regulation, she's probably quite accurate. After what Mimi went through, she struggled with depression and anxiety, amongst other things, and they are closely tied to emotion dysregulation. What she needed was a way to engage with her emotions in a healthy manner. PTSD causes me to be even more impulsive and distracted than I am normally. I'm also very hypervigilant or on the lookout for possible things that will set me off, but I never feel like I'm prepared. In this time of her life, Mimi is overloaded with emotions and overwhelming thoughts. When people are not in tune with their emotions and where those emotions are coming from, they often appear and act impulsively. Impulsivity can be characterized by acting on a whim, lacking a focus on task, and taking action without consideration of consequences. In one study examining mindfulness and impulsivity in university students, the researchers found that increased awareness of activity may promote better regulation of behavior even when negative feelings or distress is present. Our episode Just Say No identified that having to make multiple decisions can make it more difficult for people to recognize they need to exert self-control. So practicing mindfulness may help people to better control their emotions and behavior during stressful times. So did your therapist give you a way to deal with these thoughts? Some type of tool to help you with situations when you feel that way? Yes, and it turns out I was practicing this tool without even knowing it. From some of the first appointments, my therapist introduced me to mindfulness which I continue to practice today. Mindfulness helps to keep Mimi from getting overwhelmed by all of the cognitive and emotional information she is experiencing. It helps to calm her down and manage all that she is feeling without immediately reacting to the stress or acting upon her impulses. Mindfulness gives Mimi a clear perspective so she can take in and process information before acting on the emotions she experiences. Mindfulness combats impulsivity by increasing executive function, both of which are related to neural activity in the prefrontal cortex. Executive functioning involves decision-making, action-taking, inhibition, and emotional responses. Mindful attention is associated with increased activity in the prefrontal cortex. Researcher Celia Westbrook and her colleagues studied this in smokers. In these smokers, the brain activity corresponded to less craving for cigarettes when viewing smoking images. The area of increased activation, the prefrontal cortex, is essential to inhibiting impulses and keeping people on track to obtain their goals. If mindful attention helps smokers to resist their urge to smoke, mindful attention could probably help other people to resist other temptations. Goals, especially long-term ones, are demanding and it can be hard to stay on track. This is one of the ways mindfulness helps you with your goals. It helps you to see a clearer path. What were some of the things she would have you do in a mindful way to deal with those situations? She helps guide me through mindfulness exercises, almost like mindfulness meditation, when I'm really worked up or confused about my feelings. I will literally go to her speechless and in tears because I'm so confused about how I feel, and she'll tell me to close my eyes, breathe deeply, relax my body, and focus on my breath. She instructs me to let the thoughts that come into my head flow right out. I'm encouraged to acknowledge them, say okay, accept how I feel without judgment, then just move my mind back to my breathing. Mindfulness helps me create a more judgmental free place than I'm used to. 
Mindfulness requires you to focus on yourself in the present moment and non-judgmentally accept the emotions that you are feeling. This allows us to get to the root of whatever is causing us distress. In turn, we can focus on the information and motivation needed to properly regulate our emotions. Instead of avoiding or misplacing our emotions, we face them. In effect, we will attain that superior mindset to attain our goal. Non-judgmental acceptance is the second way that mindfulness helps us with our goal pursuits. It gives us a healthier mindset. Would you say that mindfulness and the adoption of that practice has helped you to get to a place where you can focus on the present and your future, to pursue goals again, and to find direction in life? Has that changed from what you had planned to do prior to the accident, and how? It's definitely helped me get to a happier place. So with PTSD, you ruminate a lot, often on the past, but can also be about the future. For example, I am constantly trying to remember things from that night that my brain didn't store correctly because it was just too traumatic. I remember every conversation, listening to individual songs, making jokes, but I don't remember the graphic parts even though I saw them happen. When I'm focused on recreating the scene, it is nearly impossible to focus on what's happening in the moment, making school and relationships really hard. These thoughts keep me from sleeping. They're so circular. But the reality is, This information won't come out until it wants to, so I have to find ways to draw my brain back to the present. Multiple times throughout the day and night, I stop, breathe, and try to recenter my thoughts. I accept that there are some things I don't know. I try to let the bad thoughts roll away, and all of a sudden, I can feel my body slowing down. When I get to a more rational place, I'm able to think about things in a more realistic way. Going to therapy and practicing mindfulness in and out of the office has helped me realize and accept that things will never be the way they were before, but I'm still here and have to make the most of it. I'm determined to make my family, her family, my judge and attorney, and myself proud. Before the accident, I was very confident in wanting to pursue psychology. Right after the accident, I felt like law would be a good career choice for me, but I didn't realize how many PTSD episodes I was having until the end of my summer internship. I hated to say it out loud, I finally admitted to myself that law might not be the right thing for me to do right now. I had to really dig deep and use mindfulness to become more confident in myself and my sense of direction again. My goals were as minuscule as getting out of bed for a long time during this journey. And my plans have flip-flopped so much over these past couple of years that I've gotten lost, but I'm really finding myself again. Mimi's experiences with post-traumatic stress disorder are obviously painful. It's not surprising that trauma often forces people to alter goals to their new circumstances. Things that were prioritized initially often get outdone by the weight of the wound. In Mimi's case, her freshman goals changed into simply getting out of bed. This is similar to the frozen goal state introduced in our first episode, Extreme Makeover Goal Edition. Right after trauma, people can struggle with their goal pursuits, but over time, they can become better suited to handle challenges. This is sometimes referred to as resilience, which essentially entails bouncing back from hard times more effectively. Mindfulness also helps to ease the rumination that is occurring within Mimi's mind. Rumination is a fixation on past events that are out of one's control. Most everyone has experienced rumination at some point, whether it is thinking over and over about the questions on a big test and fixating on if you've chosen the right answer, or thinking about a conversation you had with your crush and if you said the right thing. As we learned in, I'll listen to this episode later, rumination mediates the relationship between procrastination and anxiety. Mindfulness combats this mental turbulence by requiring the individual to focus their mind on the present instead of the past. This is an active process which involves a focus on oneself in the present moment, but with more practice, it becomes easier. 
Mindfulness also helps people, like Mimi, accept the fact that you cannot change the past, so you must figure out how to deal with the situation you are in. Present focus is the third way that mindfulness helps you with your goals. It helps you to be more resilient with obstacles. By doing so, you are allowing yourself to focus on what you can control and more clearly see the path you need to take to achieve your goal, or even reevaluate your current goal and pursue a new one. So you were saying that mindfulness got you over the hurdle of just getting out of bed and progressed along the path to where you could go back to school to pursue your education, whether that's changed from your original goal or not. Absolutely. Mindfulness definitely isn't some one-time heals-all solution, but it's so helpful the more you practice it. I didn't see putting my education on hold as an option, so I've had some very bad days, but now I also have some really good ones. It's helped me let go of the worst-case scenarios about how I'll fail in the future so I can believe in myself. My goals are once to be able to make it out of bed or to make it through the next day when I didn't know if I could. Now I can actually get out of bed, go to class, and function. I'm on the path to hopefully becoming a clinical mental health therapist because I really feel like I'll be able to understand or at least empathize with people. Mindfulness really helps me connect to my core self, allowing me to slow down and rationally think about my next steps and dreams. It is hard not to be critical of the emotions you are feeling or what caused them. Mimi still struggles with her role in the event. She's had to develop self-compassion. Mimi's therapist emphasized self-compassion through teaching her mindfulness. When people go through an especially difficult period of time, researchers suggest that people do just this. They give themselves a break, and larger goals fall to the back burner to make way for the task of trying to get through to the next day until they have healed enough to carry on with their other goal pursuits. Let's go back for a moment. How did the accident impact your life in relation to goals, relationships, and motivation? My goals completely shifted after the accident. I didn't have any for a very long time. Like I said, getting out of bed was a success. I wanted so badly to speak my truth and have others understand what actually happened, but it was out of my control. My motivation took a huge step back. I used to be able to motivate myself and hold myself to a high standard, but then all of a sudden I didn't care anymore. I wasn't motivated to go to class because what was the point if I didn't have a future? The negative thoughts really got to me and I had no faith in my abilities. The medicine I took made me exhausted all the time and I never heard my alarm go off, so I missed class frequently. I knew my teachers probably thought I was just a sorry student, which was so embarrassing, and I didn't want the attention from others once I finally showed up to class, like when they would say, oh, you're still in this class? So I just stopped going. When I was there, I couldn't concentrate for the life of me. I didn't want to tell professors my story because I didn't want them to think I was just making up an excuse. It really all stopped when one professor made fun of me and asked me if I'd ever been to war when I told him I had PTSD. I wasn't motivated to take care of myself or work out. I just wanted to sleep to escape all the constant and ruminative thoughts. My lack of emotional regulation, motivation, and goals were things that really hurt my relationships. All of a sudden, my college friends didn't understand me or my choices. They didn't understand why I had zero motivation, and I think it really scared them. I was all of a sudden so different than I was before. I definitely needed to slow down and change, but not all the changes were good. PTSD, depression, and anxiety can have awful impacts on relationships. I became so hypervigilant that I didn't know if people were actually talking about me or if I was just paranoid. I thought every single sigh or eye roll somehow had to do with me. My brain largely misinterpreted social cues, and it still does sometimes. Mimi found that after the accident, she was unable to motivate herself to do even the most basic of tasks. While practicing mindfulness with her therapist, she was able to identify ways to increase her intrinsic motivation by concentrating on the present while refraining from judgment. 
This permitted her to focus on what was important to her, not what the outside world expects. As we talked about in Extreme Makeover Goal Edition earlier this season, intrinsic motivation for a goal can drive you to have more action than extrinsic motivation. Mindfulness allows you to have better access to your emotions and recognizing them in the moment. It then increases your intrinsic motivation to achieve goals by valuing the emotions experienced. Mimi also said that this accident made her feel less than herself, stupid, and incapable. Mindfulness has given some of that back to Mimi because it emphasizes self-compassion. It helps you understand that no one is perfect and that you are only human. Even though Mimi's example includes monumental obstacles, many people find themselves in a similar pattern. When they make mistakes, they get fixated on them. Mindfulness helps people develop what is called a growth mindset about their mistakes. According to Dr. Carol Dweck, a professor at Stanford University, a growth mindset is the idea that it is possible to continually develop and grow throughout your life. It means that you believe you have the ability to learn and improve instead of thinking that whatever you are born with are your only talents. This allows you to come back from your mistakes. How has mindfulness helped you with motivation or procrastination? Mindfulness provides me with a way to connect with my core self under all of the worry, doubt, and anxiety that clouds my brain. Through practicing this, I've been able to uncover how I really feel and what my true motivations behind particular behaviors are. Being able to slow down my rapid thought process has helped me to decrease my cognitive load when I feel like I've hit a brick wall. I've been able to redefine my goals, and they're more tailored to who I am now versus who I used to be before the accident, which motivates me more than ever to reach them. I definitely try to put things off when life becomes too stressful. I mean, who doesn't? But practicing mindfulness helps bring me back to the present. It is really inspiring to see how much mindfulness has worked for Mimi. How has mindfulness helped you with more difficult aspects of goal attainment and life in general? I wish I had discovered the power of mindfulness in a different way, but regardless, it's really helped me understand my emotions and connect with myself again. That's a big reason I wanted to share my story. Honestly, the way I'm talking about it sounds like a magical made-up force, but it's so simple. It's allowed me to comfort myself in the midst of hectic yet oh-so-normal moments in everyday life. It's helped me in my determination to turn a horrible thing into a learning experience for others. I've got a long way to go, but I'm more in tune with myself than I've been in almost four years. The whole experience, including the ways I've dealt with it, which sometimes are far from perfect, have helped me realize that I could make it through the hardest of times if I just take a moment to recenter myself and calm down. So it sounds like you have really learned how to use mindfulness as a way to help cope and deal with this event that happened in your life. Would you say that you are a master or yogi at mindfulness now? No. I mean, no. I can't even express that enough. I'm not an expert about probably anything, and that is definitely not an exception. But, I mean, anyone can use it. Anyone can take just a few breaths and just breathe deep and just think about their breathing, and it will literally... I mean, it won't solve all your problems. You know, this is not some magic solution or you know, infomercial you see on TV, like, it takes work, but the more you practice it, the better you get, and the better you get at regulating your thoughts and yourself, which has done a lot for me. I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Mimi. It was very insightful, and I hope that you continue to practice mindfulness, gaining peace, allowing you to achieve your goals, and move forward in life. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. As we have seen, mindfulness, while simple in concept, has far-reaching implications on many elements related to goals and emotional self-regulation. 
This episode has focused on three ways mindfulness works to help people achieve their goals. It allows people to see a clearer path to the goal by decreasing impulsivity, maintaining focus despite distractions, and enhancing executive control. It helps people to achieve a better mindset en route to the goal by increasing emotional regulation, combating rumination, and emphasizing non-judgmental acceptance. And it strengthens people's resilience when overcoming obstacles by emphasizing self-compassion, growth mindset, and helping you to recognize what intrinsically motivates you. When I first heard Mimi's story, I was shocked. It's heavy. That changes a person. And as I listened to her talk, I could tell it had completely wrecked her. It's been four years since this happened, and I can still hear the tremors in her voice, watch the shake in her hands, and see the sheen of tears in her eyes as she speaks about it. While the effects of the experience may never completely disappear for her, I can see that she is doing her best to handle her emotions and recognize the leap she's made to heal. As I've gotten to know her and her story, I can see how mindfulness has played a crucial role in her journey. Clearly, her story is special and specific, but that is not to say that mindfulness can't benefit everyone. It enables you to cultivate a positive environment for yourself, in your own head, and in your own surroundings. While mindfulness may not solve all your problems, it is certainly an effective tool to keep in your Goal Pursuit Toolkit. To learn more about the research used in this episode, please see the citations in the show notes. This episode was written by Mimi Wade, Catherine Knoll, Maddie Strickland, Angel Ash, and Dream of Evers. It was produced by Catherine Knoll. We've enjoyed being your host. Bye! Thank you for listening to this season of Gold Diggers. Check us out in the spring for season three.